1: Welcome, welcome. Good evening, everybody. This is B Exposed Radio. This is Style on Radio Show. I hope all is well with everybody. It is the holiday season. The holiday season is just upon us. As Soon as we get through this Halloween weekend. Um you, Um, don't know what's going on with my co-host. She's been going through some some personal things. So hopefully she'll be back with us next week. Um, but we got a we got a good guest this week, as usual. Um I'll take care of it. Trying to do 50 million things at once. Um, I'm on vacation. I'm over in Dover, Delaware, hanging out with the family. Our guest tonight, she's in Atlanta. Everybody know her. She's been on here once or twice. Give it up, everybody, for Miss Letitia.
0: Hey, everyone.
1: <laughs> um, We're going to dive right on into this because this is about to get crazy real quick because people don't like to
2: be quiet when people are on in meetings
1: um leticia how are you
0: i'm doing well well i'm doing well and thanks for having me tonight
1: um how long have you been down Atlanta now two years three years
0: It's been two years. I moved July 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. Actually when the pandemic first, I guess like, yeah, July 2020. So at this height.
1: Before I get stuck, let me get up out of here. I get it. (laughs) I should have left. Um, I was supposed to leave this year actually. And Mm. That's a decision that I regret not doing now. But oh. next year, I'm going to make them plans.
0: All right.
1: So we'll see what happens. Things might change. Okay. I don't plan on changing my mind. I want out. understand. <laughs> go back home, start over. Fresh city, fresh start. Yeah. Everyone's like, what you going to do with the foundation? What you going to do with the show? The show must go on. I'm mm-hmm. just being in down. That's all. Right. If they I'm in Dover too- and be exposed radios in Baltimore, and you're in Atlanta, I don't think anything can stop us.
0: That's right.
1: That's that's the the upside of Zoom. It don't matter where you are, as long as you got internet access, you can do pretty much whatever you want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So and. I don't have, i got internet service for one component, but I can't access nothing and I don't know why. Well, that's one reason because I'm in the wrong file and now I can't get out of this file. Mm. Um, so Miss Letitia, let's start with number one, school teacher. Yes. What made you decide to be a school a school teacher?
0: Wow. So, you know, my story in becoming an educator is not that typical story. Everyone says, oh, you know, I was just so inspired. No, it wasn't that at all. Um, when I was little, I used to like to play school with my sister. Um, my sister was seven years younger than me. And so uh, when she was young, I remember when we were younger, I remember um, playing school one day and teaching her how to spell cat. And it was, I was just so amazed that here I am a child teaching my little sister how to spell cat. So I was just, I just had fun doing that. Never thought about being a teacher. Then I was in college um, and I was majoring in telecommunications. I was at Morgan State University at the time. And um my freshman year of college, my first semester, I got pregnant with my son. <laughs> so after having my son, I was sitting here thinking, you know this field that i'm in i need to have a job right out of college i i got to take care of my baby so i decided you know what let me try my hand in teaching so i decided to change my major went into education and i'm um, i'm glad my son came along and had me change my major because it it i really enjoy teaching it's it's not easy it's not for the weak <laughs> Um, I am even though I love teaching I am ready to get out of the classroom and do some of my own things in education because I just see the way uh things are going in education so yeah that's how I became a teacher
1: there's more to it than that
0: <laughs> I'm serious that is exactly how I became a teacher it's this and I've been doing it for fifteen years um I've taught in uh four different districts, five schools, um, and now two states. And so I enjoy the experience I've taught in, most of my career I've taught in Title I schools. Um, For those that don't know Title I schools are those schools that are in um, underserved communities or a a large number of the population of students are, uh, I'm in poverty and things like that, and so um, and I I prefer I, I, I prefer teaching in those schools because you know I know that's my calling to help and to uh, serve the underserved population, and so um, that's what I do. I love doing that, um, and I, my I've worked with so so many different populations of students, I, and I love it. I've worked with a very diverse background of students. Um, I've taught grades two through eight. So yeah.
1: Okay. Um, what city would you prefer teaching in Atlanta or Baltimore?
0: Oh, see down here, there's no teacher unions. And so they can get, they get away with uh, having the teachers having to work the teachers a lot more. (laughs) The workload down here is just, crazy i'm telling you what they get away with they couldn't do it in baltimore or any place where there's a union um i like it's it's a talk because it's like if i teach in one place i gotta give up another so if i teach in georgia i gotta you know like i am now i gotta give up the fact that i can't be in a union which i prefer um but I have so many, so much um, access to different resources that I didn't even have in Baltimore. Like my students, all of my students have laptops. You know, I didn't have, I've I've never been in a school where my students had laptops. Um, Every student has their own laptop. They take it home every day. And so um, our kids have that. I have uh, access to a lot of technology that I didn't have in Baltimore. but like I said, it's it's the in Baltimore, the kids it the kids down here, you know, I it took me a while to get used to the kids saying ma'am and yes, ma'am and all that. But back home it was just like, huh? What? <laughs> so, but the kids are kids. They I still love them, whether they're in Baltimore or Georgia. So I can't really say which one. Um um, it's the same struggles everywhere. It's just, you know, if I teach home, I have that protection of the union, but I don't have those resources that I'm able that I have right now or that I'm using right now. Um, back home, I I felt like it was encouraged more to get closer to your kids. Like you, you it it wasn't, I don't wanna say encouraged, it just felt like back home I could really get close to my kids like I wanted to. Like I started my nonprofit and my mentoring for my youth development program for girls in my classroom. And um and I used to work with my girls every weekend. I would literally see my girls seven sometimes 7 days a week. You know, because I would have them Monday through Friday and then Saturdays and sometimes Sundays we would do some type of volunteer activities or whatever it is. And so um I was, I got close to my students down here. I don't feel like I can do that as much because, you know, they, I mean, like it's really, they, uh, I don't want to say it's scrutinized, but it's just like, if I have a student that needed a ride home, I couldn't be able to do that back home. If a student needed a a ride home, they could hop in my car and I can take, them. they wouldn't recommend it, but nobody wouldn't frown upon it down here. It's like, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. And just any other. And, It's just, I don't know, I can't get as close to my students as I was back home.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, What grades have you taught?
0: So I've taught grades two through eight. And in in the um, summertime, um, a couple of summers, I've taught high school kids.
1: What's the most challenging?
0: Seventh grade. Seventh grade. That's where I had my, uh, I had, I don't know if you know the story. Oh, wow. So I get to tell a story. So, you know, I'm a mental health advocate and speaker, right? That's right. Okay. So. i wrote um, your story. Okay. So seventh grade is the grade where I had that big blow up with a student and it was all on news and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so you hear that story. All right. <laughs> but that's the story I share when I talk about mental health. I was dealing with a lot of mental health struggles. And I was really also dealing with teacher burnout. And um I had a student, one of my triggers um as it relates to my mental health is I don't like to see people mistreated. I don't like it at all. I don't like bullying. So I saw a student do that to so another student. And um, I let her know she couldn't act like that in the classroom. Well, things got heated. She gets one level. I get to the next level. We just, it's a shouting match, right? And then I was recorded by another student. And then that student put it all on Facebook. And then it went viral. And before you know it, I was on the news. as this crazy teacher that went off on a student. I didn't curse her out. I didn't throw anything. I just let her know, like, not going to act like that in my classroom. And so I guess because it wasn't handled in a professional manner, you know. And then we have to think about, it. I'm a black teacher. This was in Arundel County.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And the student was the white female student. But, and I got all kinds of racial hate email, but this is the funny thing. The, the student that I was protecting from her the student that she was bothering that made me that, you know, made me angry was a white male student. But yet people came down on me like I was this teacher that was, you know, what I mean? it was just crazy. It's like, I'm protecting a white male student. And y'all coming at me with these racial attacks <laughs> because and, and it wasn't about hit their skin. Color. It was just the fact that she was wrong and I wasn't going to let her do what she was doing to this kid. And so people saw this black teacher and a white female student. And when I tell you, I got, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. So some of the things that were said to me and say it again. Yeah, I would. I believe it. It was sad because it was like, for me, you know, it it was a, it was a big, it was a, uh, the background to that story. People just saw one snapshot. They didn't see the whole, everything that was, you know the teacher that was like literally burned out, and it was taking on more than what I could, you know, what I should have been given. And then on top of that, I wasn't. um, I was also dealing with my own mental health battles because I was dealing with the stigma of mental health because I had just been diagnosed with bipolar type two a year prior, and so I didn't want to believe that I had this because there's there. You know, it's getting better now, but then the stigma was so real. So I was not being consistent on my treatment. And so when I got triggered, that's what happened. And um, and that's what I tell as part of my story when I'm speaking on mental health. And um, that's what happened. So, but seventh grade, I would say even before then, no, after then I taught um, seventh grade for another year. And I was just like, oh my God, it was it was seventh grade was the hardest for me. So, yeah. That's when I realized the second year was my, you know, after that situation where I taught seventh grade again. That's when I realized I'm not doing this. I can't do seventh grade.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which what's what's the favorite grade you've you've taught?
0: Fourth. Babies. Yes, I love fourth. I love the high school kids too when I did it in the summertime. But, you know, um, you can't do those fun things that you do with elementary baby. so I like
1: fourth grade right right um how far do you want to take your education career
0: actually I will be in six weeks I will be finishing my master's and getting my certificate in administration so So uh, yeah I want to go into administration um and uh I want to do some coaching though, I, even though I have my administrative administration certificate i um and I'll have my degree in education leadership after that um, um hopefully in May, I'll be starting my doctoral program to see carefully how you know seeing how things go. Um, I want to get my uh, doctorates in um curriculum and instruction because I want to design curriculum. For a children of different cultures, because I feel like a lot of the curriculum that's being t- taught to kids now is not designed for children from different cultures because they're not taught about Asian Americans are not taught about their history, Black Americans are not taught enough about their history, Hispanics mm-hmm. are not taught enough, you know. And so I want to design curriculum that will, that is friendly for all cultures because Change we you know, mm-hmm. yes yes
1: so the and education needs to be changed all across the board so bad it's crazy yes
0: yes so that's history, what i'm going history
1: in. is exactly what it is and and we're not being taught that we weren't taught that when me and you were in school these kids ain't being taught that today it's right. it's one form of history and that's it And that's all the way across the board false.
0: Yes. Like, just imagine, it took for me to teach fifth grade down here in Georgia to learn about how the Chinese immigrants were really the main people responsible for building T- uh, constructing the transcontinental railroad, yet they got no credit for it. And whenever you see pictures of people, pictures of the transcontinental railroad, you know, the celebrations of it, you see no Asian Americans in it, no Chinese. And it it, it was just like, why am I just learning about this now? You know? So, you know, things like that or, or, or other history. So it's just like I want to um I want to do something where I'm teaching children of all um nationalities, something about their history um right. through the basic subject areas. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: Tell us about Diva's Diva Effect.
0: Okay. So the Diva Effect, honestly, that was started in 2016. Um, I was, I was living in Baltimore at the time and it was during my, um, Christmas break. Let, let me give you the backstory for that. Okay. I had always wanted to find a group or a program to help women, um, to, and not just help women, but to help women in underserved communities to get on their feet. Like, I get, well, like I said, um, it took, for me, for uh, up until this year, to finally articulate what I knew, what my purpose and my calling was, but then mm-hmm. I did, I couldn't understand it. But my purpose and calling is to uh, help the underserved communities by giving them the tools, the um, that they need to be successful. So whether you know helping them to develop skills, whether it's um, connecting them to resources and things like that, because. Um, the Diva Effect, once again, was was birthed out of my desire to help those because I remember when I had my son and I was on um, welfare and getting wicked and things like that. And um, I, you know, I didn't find out about different resources until sometimes late, you know, and, then, you know, I, it, it was a struggle to get on my feet. And so I said once I got on my feet. You know it's just like well i can't I don't want another woman have to struggle like I did. I want to be able to take what I learned on my own and help other other women who who you know you know through, through, through different life trials or whatever they they just need to try to land on their feet they're going through different things, and so that's what I developed the diva effect for was to teach women who are in underserved communities, give them those, invest in them to give them those skills, those opportunities and responsibilities to be who God intended them to be. So I developed this program. We had great workshops, women were coming, but then it was just like um, we were coming up with all these great workshops, these resources, they were free, but a lot of people in Baltimore weren't taking advantage of it as much as I had hoped that they would what they were doing were coming to get stuff instead of coming to get skills you know and it was um it was discouraging to me it really was discouraging to me because it's just like why like you know you know how that saying goes if you give a man a fish he can eat for a day but if you teach him how to fish he can eat for a lifetime. For me, I wanted to teach people how to fish, but they were coming to me to get fish. And it was just like, that's that's not what I wanted. <laughs> and so um for I, I I took a break from it for a while to figure out what how am I what am I gonna do to find the right people to serve. And so one day a young lady asked said, Won't you start, you know, your girls' group? I what happened was um Um, A couple of years, during that time, I was working with young ladies doing another girls group and I had brought that chapter to my school. So, and I said, okay, instead of bringing that chapter to my, you know, doing that chapter again, I got my own nonprofit. Let me just create one under my own nonprofit. So I started a girls mentoring group um, or youth development group called the Diva Dolls. And in our first cohort, I'm so impressed with them because they were doing what I was expecting the adult women to do in Baltimore City. They were coming not to get stuff. They were coming to get skills. They were coming to get knowledge. They were coming to learn how to better themselves. And let me tell you, these were 10 and 11 year olds. Now let's think about that. 10 and 11 year olds coming to get skills that they needed to be a better person. When I'm sitting up here, you know, doing what I can to get adults to do that. Right. These girls, when in their first, their first, co- my first cohort, within their first year, they completed over 300 hours of community service. Everything right. that I put in front of them as it relates to community service, they were on it. They were ready to do it. No questions asked. They were excited about doing it. And I remember one of the service community service things that they had to do, acts that they had to do was to help with feeding the homeless at in one of your events. And what a lot of people don't know is that some of these same girls, one of the girls, even though she was coming to feed, feed uh, displaced um, residents in Baltimore city, she had experienced homelessness. You know? So the fact that she was still going to do that, you know, so I started now turning my, I said, okay, I don't want to say it's too late for adults because they're setting their way sometimes, but I'm like, let me do, let me, I started changing things and focus more on a youth because if I can get them at that young age where they're excited about doing things for others and then I, I plant that seed in it then then that seed would just grow and if i continue to nurture that seed would continue to grow so when they come become an adult they would do what i had envisioned with my program they would then go back and in turn help other people so that's what the deal effect is about so it's like the butterfly effect it's like you know um um, the butterfly effect is like when you one one small change or one small thing. Like if I read it correctly, one small thing can release a big effect somewhere else, or um, like a, a ripple or a wave. And so the diva effect is the same thing. You get in a woman to change the whole community by getting first working on her. So that's what we're doing.
1: It's like me and Shorty say: it takes a village to do what we do, mm-hmm. and it does. Um, i love what i do i love going out there and serving the community the homeless the less fortunate the community um if you want some come get some if you're not Mm -hmm. homeless and less fortunate leave a donation i don't care if it's a dollar but don't come over here just taking stuff because it's available because you don't need it as bad as the next person does Right? Uh, are you involved in any homeless organizations down in atlanta
0: not yet and um actually I have I partnered with a church down here where we want to try to do something for the Thanksgiving holiday. so I have not partnered with anyone yet down here, but I am looking to do that. I have not when I first got down here it was just to get myself just rooted here as much put, plant some roots to do you know get myself situated here so now, I'm starting to do things with my nonprofit down here now.
1: You can come back on.
0: No, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm good.
1: Not that up, I don't miss.
0: Um, I do miss parts of Baltimore. I I think you know. Um, I, I think I where I am where God wants me to be. I I'm, I am. Uh, Baltimore is always going to be my home. You know. Um, uh, you know. I got roots there, you know, and I got deep roots there. My grandfather was a very well-known pastor there. You know, um, he has a street named after him. So he has a nursing home, well, an affordable housing facility named after him. So, you know, he was one of the founding members of the Harbor Bank of Maryland. So I got some roots there. So, you know, I would never not want, and in fact, one of my dreams if you know things go well, well, when things go well, is to open up a community center there in my grandfather's and my grandmother's name. Because my grandmother on my mother's side, she was the pioneer for one of the um for the um now it's called the Fort Worthington, I think it's called the Fort Worthington. Uh, neighborhood association. I I forgot the name of it, but she was one of the people back then long time. It used to be called the Berea association. I think she was one of the founding people that started that uh community group. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in my blood, in my veins run service to the community. So what I want to do is And I even know what building I want to take and use, (laughs) but I want to take one of build one of Baltimore's dilapidated buildings and turn it into a community and resource center. So that's a dream of mine. Now, I don't want to live back there, but I do want to go back and do that.
1: that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know when. Because this whole COVID thing has just made everything 10 times harder than what it was before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I'm going to make my way down Atlanta one of these days. Get Atlanta started. Get Charlotte started. I got people in both cities that are like, huh, I'm ready when you come down.
0: Let me tell you, the population down here, it's, it, the homeless pop. I know Baltimore was struggling, right? I saw it with the the displaced, when I used to bi- volunteer in the shelters for displaced veterans. But when I moved down here and I saw the amount of homelessness, oh my gosh, it, it's sad. It's sad. So they can really definitely use you down here.
1: I'm ready and willing. Send me a plane ticket. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a handful of people that that are just like let us know when you coming.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I
1: got a handful of people back home. They're like, um, we're ready when you move back home. Get you two weeks and get you get yourself situated, get your mind right, and then let's do this. And I already know where I want to be. I want to be down on the water, the, where they do all the river walks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's in a in the heart of downtown. That's where they're all mostly at because that's your ter- tourist areas. That's where a lot of food is available. You want to find food in a, in a, in an inner city, find a bunch of restaurants, find resources that's going to allow them to eat figuratively speaking. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of downtown because of everything that's available downtown um, in Baltimore and DC too. You know, you got your different drugstores. stores, you got your, Entertainment facilities for kids, for adults, for both families. Um, You got Power Plant. You got the Inner Harbor. You got Fells Point. You got Harbor East. You got Fed Hill. All within walking distance. So Mm -hmm. you have a lot of resources available in Baltimore for someone that's homeless or less fortunate. That involves food, water, juice, soda, something. So... I hope Baltimore never goes throughout route like these two other cities that have been locking up old people for giving homeless food people food because that's just crazy. Mm. I could understand if you were doing, I could understand if me and Shorty and other organizations, whether it be Baltimore, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, L.A., New York, whatever, we're doing homeless events. And if you're not homeless, we're selling something to you okay, we might be breaking a law or two because we don't have a permit. Mm-hmm. I get that, but we're not, we I'm doing that, we're giving stuff away. Like Florida, they locked up a, a guy in his 90s a couple of years ago. I don't remember if it was right before or right after COVID. But you're the, in the 90s. How do you look locking up a 90-year-old man because he's giving someone his homeless food? You look oh, wow. real crazy and then it's all over the news right now they locked up i don't remember what city um but they locked up a woman in her 70s
0: mm.
1: you look real real
0: ridiculous it's almost like they don't want people to help those that are less fortunate you know what stop, i mean it's like
1: stop stealing all the money and do what you're supposed to do with those with those with those figures and maybe homeless people won't act the way they do. Maybe they won't have to beg so much. Like, come on now. You got all these vacant homes in and around downtown, in and around Baltimore, the outskirts of Baltimore. You got so many. Why don't you take a whole block on both sides, gut them out, and tra- and, and transform them into some type of living arrangement? Like if you got a warehouse, transform like like job core and colleges, dorms and stuff, transform them things into sections and get your different uh organizations, nonprofit organizations, 501c3s, and allow us to run these facilities, even if even if you got a charge because we're getting electricity, we're getting gas, we're getting water. If you gotta charge us, then charge us. How many organizations are in Baltimore? I think we can fork out that bill.
2: Mm -hmm. You know what I
1: mean? So, but if it's gonna help 500 to 1,000 homeless people in Baltimore, uproot themselves out of the situation they're in so they can be fed on a daily basis, so they can bathe on a daily basis, you might be able to transform the mindset of how they think. Right. You give someone a little bit of independence, they might be able to better themselves. They might be able to transform to where they once were before they got into the situation they got into. And I say this stuff all the time. I sound like a broken record. Just because you're homeless don't mean you got a drug problem. Just because you're homeless don't suffer from mental illness. Just because you're homeless don't mean you got a, 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 a drinking problem. Just because you, you're homeless don't mean you made bad choices in life. Didn't we just go through a pandemic? Mm-hmm. Over 10 million people in this country alone became homeless because of COVID-19. Over 10 million people. I think it's closer to 20 million, but I don't know. But over 10 million people became homeless because they, well, they lost their way of life. You can't work. You can't pay bills. Bill Man don't want to hear that. bg and don't want to hear that. Gas and electric hey. don't want to hear that. I want hey. my money. You know what I mean? So you lose your house. You lose your car. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, as adults, we suffered a lot. What you mean I can't leave my house? What you mean there's nothing open? What you mean I can't go to work? And we did that for almost three months. Imagine how the kids were feeling. Now, these kids nowadays, they they had a different type of child because we didn't have um, materialistic things with technology that they have nowadays. So it's like a lot of us, as our kids were growing up, I wasn't rich, but my child didn't want for nothing. He didn't want for nothing. He didn't need for nothing. If he wanted it, it's because he's greedy what child ain't greedy. I want what my friend has. I want what's new in the store. Oh, I, I gotta get this game. No, you need to get a job. Um, but it's like, kids don't like going out nowadays. I, they they rather stay in the house, play on a computer, play video games or whatever. So, you know, as as far as crime, we didn't really have to worry about our kids but so much. Because we knew they weren't out running in the streets doing something, whether right. it's good or bad. You can have the best kids in the world, but they can get caught up in a situation. Mm-hmm. Life happens to all of us. Right. So um I don't know if you ever met my son. He he came out a few times um when we was under the bridge. I think he came out once when we was over at the shot tower and we weren't there long because that was just a fiasco. Mm. Um, um, he came out a couple times when we were in Fells Point and he's come out, I believe once, if not twice since we've been at Charles Plaza. And I think we've been at Charles Plaza for <sighs> the better part of two and a half years.
2: Mm.
1: So I like Charles Plaza. I think think once we got to a level of what we were before we originally stepped away from under the bridge, I wish we would have went to Charles Plaza because I've always wanted to be in in an area where you have an abundance of foot traffic, an abundance of vehicle traffic. Because all you see in Baltimore is negative, 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 negative. Why can't y'all ever change the narrative of how y'all do the news? Something positive, y'all want to do maybe 30 seconds to a minute. Where if it's it's something derogatory, something negative, crime, you want to glorify the hell out of it and talk about it for 15, 20 minutes. People tired of hearing it. That's why people don't watch the news. So, but I love where I'm at. You know, be, before we actually came, I started asking. I think it was in nineteen two thousand nineteen. I started asking a couple of the businesses, some of the security that that patrol in the area, a couple of the Baltimore City cops, um, about what we wanted to do, and they were like, "I didn't get no from nobody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I didn't ask all the businesses. I just asked a couple." Um, out of respect because, you know, this this is this is your side of town. I don't wanna I don't wanna overstep my boundaries, figuratively speaking. Um, 7-Eleven loves us because every time we need something, we just go in there and get something. Um we've gone into the streets marketing cafe and, and made some purchases a few times if we needed something that 7 Eleven just simply doesn't have. But we we really like the area. We're starting we're starting to build our our street team again. Um, we just partnered with Morgan State University. I'm very excited about. That. We've had a partnership with them in the past. Um, things happen. I don't know what happened, but things happen, and that didn't last long at all. But it is what it is, and it's it's going to be what it's going to be. Um. But. I don't know if they heard through us through a mutual party or what, but it don't matter. Uh, the partnership was formed, and we look forward to working with them and partnering with them and and doing bigger and better better things. Um, next year, when when a, when the spring when the spring comes, um, right before COVID, we were going to try to do. Um, Or no, right after COVID hit, we were going to try to do a cleanup crew, start a cleanup crew, clean up the waterways as best we can. Around like Harbor East and Fells Point Mm -hmm. Canton. you know, if we can dip a net in and get the trash that's floating right there, it'll be a good look for the city. You know what I mean? If there's trash on the ground as we're walking around. Let's clean that up. Right. You know what I mean? There's there's so many different things that you can do to better this city and give it a better look versus just complaining and complaining and complaining about the same thing over and over and over again. Like people with these these trashed out alleys, you keep complaining about it, but yet you're not doing nothing.
0: Right. You still dumping stuff in it.
1: You want people to do something get out there and do something. Someone will eventually come out there and help you. And before you know it, you have a team because everyone else is tired of looking and complaining about it too. So you gotta start somewhere. I started, it was me and my business partner feeding the homeless. And at one time, um, we were averaging 20, 30 volunteers and we were averaging between two and 300, uh, homeless people that we were serving every week in Baltimore and in DC. So we're trying to get back to them numbers. Um, a couple months ago, we just found out about a women's shelter around the corner from Charles Plaza. So we're starting to do a lot more for them because we know, we know they're there. A lot of them women, summertime, wintertime, whatever, they're not going to come out. Um. I don't know what type of resources they have available. I'm not going to say I don't care. Um, I just know what we would like to do. So the more we meet, the more we can have them conversations with those ladies and young girls. Um, What do you need? What are you allowed to take in there? So that's why I've been stressing the fact with with our annual winter coat and, and blanket drive this year. Like, we need these items. Like, we really need these items. Because I don't know how many women are in there. You and I both know people come and go on a daily basis in a shelter. Some of them come back. Some of them don't. Some of them actually get in the programs to get out of the shelter. Eventually, they they get their housing. They get their 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 wit, their welfare, their food stamps, their meds. Um, now they're working on, on getting a source of independence and through their programs, they're, they're finally getting a job, um, through these programs, they've been taught how to pay bills again, because they've been homeless for however long. I know a gentleman, he's been homeless 40 years, New York, Chicago, and Baltimore. And I was like. That can't be a way to live. I didn't say that to him, but I'm thinking to myself, that can't be a way to live. But you've been homeless so long, you've been setting your way so long that it just came natural to you. And you know how it is when you're dealing with, with the public. You don't see people for a certain amount of time. You start to question, Hey, have you seen so and so? Hey, how's so and so doing? We ain't seen him in a minute. And I ran into him one day. Um, at an event. And he was like, hey, man, you're going to be proud of me. I finally, I finally got, fi- uh, what did he say? I finally took myself off my own pedestal and I asked for help. He said, man, I've, I've been in a program. I've been on my meds. I've been cleaning up my ways. And I'm next on the list to get my housing.
2: I wow. said,
1: Man, 40 years this man's been homeless so all i can do is pray for him and, and, and hope for the best because it's just like being in prison you've been in prison so long you don't know how to survive out here so you're quick to do something to go back because you're institutionalized that man's institutionalized with the streets so i haven't seen him knowing that that knows him that we deal with have seen him so hopefully he's doing really good um hopefully i don't see him unless it's for a good reason right Uh, so you know that's that's the ultimate goal with with any of of the organizations in any city we want to see you get back to a form of life you know what i'm saying um it's a struggle it's hard at the end of the day it's okay not to be okay you have your days. I have my days.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of them are good, but we're human. We're we're, we're people. You got to take the good with the bad sometimes. Right. So, but um, I love what I do. I love what you do Thank as you. a teacher. I, I, I'll pray for you. <laughs> um, I've. I've Come across so many more teachers in the last year, and I'm just like, "What do you need?" Because you're supposed to be provided X, Y, Z in case your students don't have it. And I've gotten so many teachers. It's not just Baltimore City. It's not just Anne Arundel County, Baltimore County, harvard County, Howard County. It's 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 everywhere. You know, I've I've talked to people in Pittsburgh, and Philly, and Chicago. Denver, um, San Francisco, Seattle. And they're just like, we don't have it. We're supposed to get it through through the school system, through the board of education, whatever, but we don't get it. You know, it's just like Baltimore City is supposed to have all this available when it comes to heat and air for the kids. Where'd all that money go that you were supposed to get these these A/C units and, and these heating units.
0: Yeah, oh. I think that's ridiculous because I remember I, I, I'm a product of Baltimore um, Public School System, and I remember days when we used to have to get out early because it was too hot in the building.
2: Right. You know what I mean?
0: I remember that as a student. Mm. Now, just imagine years later. Now, as a, I'm, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say my age. I'm 44. Years later, I come back and I teach in the same system. You know, Baltimore was like my third district that I came back to teach. I come back and I teach in the same system. And one year, the first two days of school, first day or two of school, we get out early because it was too hot to be in the building. And I'm like, come on, after all this time, y'all still can't fix these, put air in these places? You know what I mean? You still can't put heat where it's supposed to be heat. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I'm like, I went to these schools and then had to come back and teach. I went to these schools and experienced not having heat and things like that or being too hot in the winter, in the summertime. And then have to come back and experience the same thing as a teacher. It's like, come on. It doesn't make sense to me.
1: Okay, we got technical difficulties because I just lost my
0: screen. Oh. But I there. can still hear you. All
2: right, I'm back.
1: All right. Man, that was crazy. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, what did I do? Yeah, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's it's sad that these kids in this day and age still don't have heat and AC. That's just, that's ludicrous.
0: It is. It is.
1: You know, what are you going to do, though? So. Um, let's talk about your podcast. <laughs> um, I didn't know you had a podcast until... I don't know how long you had it when I found out. I found out a few months ago. Um, and I was like, okay. I'm trying to be on her podcast. I'm trying to be on her show. <laughs> you laughing. I'm serious. Um, I
0: know you are. That's why.
1: <laughs> exactly. I like being on other people's show. I'd rather be on their show than my own show. Ain't that
2: something? <laughs> uh,
1: I like being... I, I don't like being... You know me, I, I don't like being a spotlight. Everyone's like, Hey, you you're in charge, you're the boss. No, I'm not. I'm just a man, with the ideas. They're the boss. I, this happens because of them. Um what first what what gave you the idea for the name?
0: Uh the um inside the chrysalis. So um I, I found out when I was doing this. There's another podcast that's called Inside the Chrysalis. So I had to, I was, I was, I love the name so much. I said, I just turned it to Inside the Chrysalis with Letitia (laughs) Higgs. But when you think of a chrysalis, um, the chrysalis, you know, we're so used to saying that a butterfly's cocoon. Butterflies don't have a cocoon. They have what's called a chrysalis. Moths have cocoons, but it's the same thing almost. And so with a chrysalis inside of it, the caterpillar literally goes through a remarkable, profound transformation to, like, I don't think people really understand what the caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. When I finally studied this, it was just amazing to me. Um, the same enzymes that but caterpillars use to digest food is the same enzymes that they literally use to die, almost like digest themselves, <laughs> I guess you could say, or not it just, and, and it becomes like inside this chrysalis, it becomes this caterpillar-like soup, right? right and right. then what happens is, this is why I say, you cannot tell me there isn't a God, because I mean, to take this mush that's inside this chrysalis and turn it into this beautiful butterfly that we see, and so I, I took that name because when um, the purpose of the, the podcast, is a platform for those that are managing a mental health condition to show the world that you can live and thrive you can live successfully and thrive in spite of a mental health condition. And that through our experiences and the things that we've gone through, this is how we're able to survive. This is how we're able to thrive. And so what I wanted to do, when I think about the Chrysalis, I think about the profound changes I've had to undergo in order to be who I am today, to be that person that people see, you know, um, I'm more than just my diagnosis, you know, I'm more than just having bipolar or generalized anxiety disorder or PTSD. I'm more than that, you know? And so I had to go through a change. I had to go through a transformation to get to that point. And so those that are living with a mental health condition, you, we have to go through certain things to get to where we are today. And we're still growing. We're still transforming. We're still, it's, we're still becoming that beautiful creature that God has intended for us to be. And so inside the Christmas is just basically meaning inside ourselves, inside what it's going to take to make us a better person. Um, and so we share those stories so that we can erase the stigma associated with mental health Because it is a big stigma. I mean, even though now more people are talking about it due to the pandemic, you know, people are starting to see the seriousness of uh, being aware of your mental health. They're starting to see the seriousness of mental illness. And so um, we still, but there's still a stigma. You know, you still hear people say like down here in Georgia, the running joke is about the weather. And then people would say, oh, this weather is acting bipolar. Well, I take offense to that (laughs) because I do have bipolar tooth disorder. And, you know, unless you understand it, you know, uh, it's more than just, uh, you know, your your emotions flipping like a switch on and off. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. And so. that's that's what one that's what inside the Christmas is about why I chose that name and two um that's what it is about that's uh two is what why I wanted to I guess share my story with others and have others share their story so I have a lot of people come in I have my guests are people who either manage a mental health condition and they share how they're living successfully or They are family members of someone that is living with a mental health condition. And what they do is they share their story of how they support that person to live successfully. Okay.
1: okay, Yeah. So I can be on your show because, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So we're going to have to set that up. ASAP. Yes.
1: Um, are you coming home anytime soon?
0: Uh, Well, my grandmother is 90, I can't, I can't, is she going to be 93 or 94? I can't remember. But her birthday is on Thanksgiving this year. And I was thinking about driving up, but that's a 10 hour drive because I don't want to fly. Not that I'm scared of flying, but it's like when you fly, then you got to go rent a car because I don't want to depend on anybody else to take me anyway. I want to be able to come and go. So that's why I said, let me just drive. So I'm not quite sure yet. I'm not, I'll, I, if my, my, you know, my son lives down here now. And so if he gets off, um, if he's able to get off, I, I think we're going to take that drive to Baltimore. That's the goal. That's the hope.
1: Okay. Um, Our event is that Sunday before Thanksgiving. And I just found out a couple of days ago that I'm not going out of town for Thanksgiving. So I will be here. So you put your head together and I'll put my head together and we can knock knock our heads on each other and we figure out where we're going to feed a homeless at. Okay. If I'm we're not, not going to connect
0: you now. to some people in the area, but you probably know everybody already. <laughs> do, do I <laughs> say I said, I could try to connect you. To, if I can't make it, I can try to connect you to some people in the area. But you already know a lot of people. Mm-hmm.
1: Nope. I'll figure out where you at. I'll come get you. <laughs> you laughing. I'm serious. You know I am, too. I know About you short, are. Shorty, we got to go get Letitia, yo. She, she's in town for a couple I'm I'm
0: this, I miss Shorty, too. I miss him. I haven't talked to him in so long. You and Shorty, something else, both of y'all. <laughs>
1: hey, that's Chicago. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's the game plan. Um,
0: okay. You said the Sunday before Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, that's okay. that's that's in the works. I'll have that event page up um, tomorrow. I hope. I said this weekend, so I got a day or two to play with, because um, I want to start promoting it now. We, um, with getting a partnership with Morgan, and having having an abundance of more volunteers and donations, and that's just going to grow, especially with the holidays. I was going to try to bounce back up to every week with doing events. But I'm gonna just hold off until after the after the new year, and then come January, um, talk about it between between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas with everybody. As far as the the coordinators, and um, if it's a go, then first week of January we're gonna start doing every week again. Oh, okay. So. I was hoping to uh, rejuvenate D.C. with getting them back in a mix of things. But I'm going to just hold off until after after the holidays because it's, it's just too much trying to do everything for so long by yourself again. Mm-hmm. And not having the reliability of, of volunteers, um, different strokes every time. So not that I don't appreciate them because I do. Um, But I need that reliability and having a partnership with Morgan. Okay, so I'm guaranteed 10, 20, 30 people. I'm guaranteed that they're going to come out with tables. I'm guaranteed that they're going to come out with with donations of different Mm -hmm. various things that we need for the people. Um, Mm -hmm. For the feminine products, hygiene products, water. You ain't got to worry about food unless you want to, because you know me, I do all the cooking. Um, I'm, I'm booking Shorty for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so um, I don't know exactly what I'm gonna get. I'll probably get the the same old same old hamburgers and and chicken, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get someone to, if not cook, assist him with cooking, so he's not doing it all himself. Right, he doesn't at all all himself. I don't care how hot or cold, and how much he loves doing. He doesn't need to be doing that mess all the time by himself. That's too much on wow. any. Um, so I got that to take care of. It's just, it's, it's a lot and I'm not complaining. I love it. You know, this, this ain't work. Work is what you do nine to five. And it's purpose. Exactly. It's purpose. Mm-hmm. Cooking is is my serenity. Like I'm I'm over with family right now and they were like, this at what happened the third dinner. And I said, um, y'all can do what y'all want, but I'm cooking. I don't feel like going away. Now tomorrow night? No. we We going out. We're gonna step out, we're gonna get some grub, we're gonna get some, some drinks and just just take it in for a minute. I'm here through Sunday evening. Go back to work Monday, so it's, it's a nice little four-and-a-half-day getaway.
0: That's good.
1: Get my thoughts together, get my mind right. Get some needed R&R. Just constant ripping and running between work and getting to work, work, getting home, stepping back out, going here, going there, running errands, taking care of business, meeting with people for different various things for the foundation. Um trying to get everything on a on a routine basis with the show again I'm running myself ragged um I was gonna try to do the clothing line again but again I think I'm gonna hold off on it until after the new years but Mm -hmm. who knows um because I'm eager and you know how I am when I get eager I don't want to wait right I don't and jump in the deep end when i don't know how to swim
2: right right so
1: um i gotta talk to one of my business partners about it because we got a we got a designer that's that's ready to rock and roll with it so if 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 not anything can we get these hoodies and these t-shirts done
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe get a special order um for some vip ladies to get some things done so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But this year has definitely flown
0: by. Yes, it has. It's gone so like, yeah. We look up and it's already it's about to be December. <laughs> like, like, oh my
1: God, it's only Monday. Uh, don't complain. Before you know it, it'll be Friday. Right, right, right. It's crazy how, like, my days off, if I don't have nothing planned, I don't plan nothing. Mm -mm. No, let me sit still. Because if my phone goes off and I got to go somewhere, there goes my R&R. So no, let me sit still for a minute. Let me enjoy this, embrace it. And I'm just like, I can't believe how fast time is going. Yes. Like I have done absolutely nothing but lay here. And two, three hours have gone by just like that. And I'm like, I don't feel like I've laid here 30 minutes. So time is is definitely not on our side, unfortunately.
0: So, no. That's why we got to walk and live in purpose. And you're doing just that with your organization.
1: Don't believe the hype. <laughs> I, myself. I appreciate everybody. But I thank you for the compliment um i don't get enough of it um i don't know if you did explain this explain the jade chrysalis
0: okay i did (laughs) i did so um
2: okay you're talking about
0: my Uh, my oh the jade chrysalis no i explained inside the chrysalis that was the name of the podcast the jade okay. chrysalis okay. is the name of my LLC. So as, as you can see that I am like just this thing with chrysalis. It's the same thing with a chrysalis is. And the chrysalis, the monarch butterfly, the, their chrysalis when it first is formed is jade. It's a jade color and it has like gold speckles on it at the, like, the top part. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so it represents the, be to me, it represents the beginning of change, the beginning of transformation. And so the Jade Chrysalis LLC is, um, it is my for-profit company. It was my, it's my for-profit organization with my, my company in which I um, use, my company in which I, uh, where I have an enrichment academy. I also have, um, um, I, uh, through my, through the Jade Chrysalis, I also do a lot of speaking engagements and things like that. So it's just, it's my LLC that encompasses everything that I'm doing far as reaching out to others. Um, the purpose of the company is so that we can empower people, not just empower, but help people to evolve, become that person that they're trying to be. Um, so that is what the Jade Chrysalis is about, um. Uh, It's a coaching and mentoring company as well. So I do a lot of coaching and mentoring of not just uh, young people, but adults as as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's my company where I use to just um, do those things that I need to do to help others in the community. So I have Mm -hmm. my nonprofit and then I have the LLC.
1: Now, question. Mm -hmm. You see what's going on in, in Chicago in December, right?
0: No, what's going on? That's...
1: I'll be tagging you, um Shamika Olive.
0: Oh, the empowerment! Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Are you going? No, I would not be able to make it. Don't
1: like that. I'll I will to come down to Atlanta and get you. <laughs> I would you love to go. We'll make it happen. You got okay. six weeks.
0: Yes,
1: you're right. I got my plane ticket. I got my hotel reservations. I'm ready to go. I don't know. Um I wanna do the media for it.
2: hmm
1: Um I gotta I gotta contact I gotta contact Shamika and, and set up a meeting with her. Mm, okay. Ins and outs and the details and and what exactly she would want, what I would like to do, because I ain't ever done nothing like that. But
0: I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested. As it I said, looked like it looked like it's going to be interesting.
1: It looks like it's going to be a whole lot of interesting.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah. I can do. Yeah, that. but that's what the um, Jay Christmas is basically about—to help others. Be equipped, empowered, and evolved to do to carry out what they have to carry out. Because when you go through the chrysalis, you got to get those things that you need to be. So, you know, um, to carry out your purpose.
1: Okay. See, so you need to go because you're a speaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I talking. need to. I would love to get in contact with her and see what that's about. See if I am able to get up there.
1: Yeah. Got to. Got to. And, you know, going home, I'm going to have a feed home this evening. I have to.
0: That would be great to have it all in the same weekend.
1: That's right. You already know. I know. You got a question for me?
0: No. You know, Mark, when I first moved down here, the only reason why I'm thinking about this is because I'm looking at her sitting on the floor. You know, when I first moved down here, I can't. it was just me. And I got so lonely down here, I ended up having three cats. Don't ask me why that thought just came
1: <laughs> You took a picture and was like, this is the only time I can get them together at one time.
0: Right. <laughs> so you remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my son, took. he came back and visited me. And then he took two of the cats back up. So my mother has the other two. And I have my one that I originally had, my, um, the one that I have now, she, um, she, her name is Aaliyah. And people laugh, like, how you give her, my cat is named Aaliyah. And I love Aaliyah. Um, my students in Baltimore actually found her. We were out at recess and we were coming back from recess and they heard this cat, this kitten crying in the bushes. And she was only six weeks old and she was just crying, crying, crying. And um I looked and I reached in and I picked her up and she's been my baby ever since. <laughs> so, and she's so I'm just the only reason why I'm thinking about it is because I'm just sitting here looking at her, just doing her Aaliyah thing. Aaliyah. And she just looking at me like, go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. Don't, don't bother me. <laughs> Cats is. All
1: right, now Inquiring minds wanna know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Explain that big old portrait behind you.
0: Wait a minute. You see it? That's me.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I know it was you.
0: <laughs> I've
1: seen that picture of you before. I don't remember where, but I've seen it.
0: Yeah, I put this was this is old. I um, you said you want to know about the picture. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know when I snapped this picture. It's actually just, it was taken with my cell phone. Wow. Yeah, just take it with my cell phone. Found a black and white filter, turn it to black and white, call it a day.
1: (laughs) Now, I don't know how I overlooked this. Um,
2: You're a published author.
1: When
0: did you write New. a book? So I co-authored a book. um I co-authored a book, so it's myself and I think twenty two other women we are all oh, able- that I saw that mhm so this woman oh, it's, a, it's a it's a prayer book um it's a book for women who are in business. And what we do is, um, it's, uh, we wrote prayers. It's like a devotional for women who are in business and we wrote prayers and devotions to help them to stay grounded and to stay focused and to stay within their purpose as they're moving forward in the, in their business sector, in the business sector, wherever realm that they're in, as far as business concerned. And so that's what it's about. And so I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Um, ever thought about writing a
0: book i did and i'm actually doing that um it's a lot of work it's a lot it's a lot lot so i think instead of writing i think i'm gonna do like i did with this one um because i was invited to be a part of so it's an anthology so i think instead of me just writing my own book i think i'm gonna do another anthology um i already have my idea on what i want to do the anthology on. And just invite other authors the same way I was invited to this one. So, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that instead. And until I can get to, you know, I feel like I can do so much when I'm not working. Like when I'm in, when I when when the summertime comes, or when we have like those two week breaks or school for uh, because we get like two weeks for Christmas winter break, and so I want. I can get so much done, but when school starts, it's just its just my focus have, is just on the students and these lessons and, you know, um, it's hard. It's really hard to get the book out like I want to. I have at least one chapter done, but I, the sad part about it, people go, oh, that's good, you got at least one chapter, but no, I've been working on this since January. Like I should have more than one chapter. And so um, it's just, it's just a lot. Um, So my hope is with the, my um, enrichment academy through my LLC, I can make enough money where I can come out of the classroom. Um, Or even with that, just coming out of the classroom period. When I finish my, uh, my degree this in the next couple of weeks you know, um, just come out the classroom so I can have more time for me and the things that I like to do. Right. Because my mind is just, is just all of my students? So it's like, it's, it's when you're a teacher, your life is just like, your, your life is just school almost. It's just seeing right. feels like that. You know, it's like you take work. I got a bag full of work and things I got to do now, like papers and stuff. I got to grade and you know, but my passion is what I'm doing with the Jay Chrysalis. My passion is what I do with the Diva Effect, which I know you understand, like you have your job and I love my job. I love, I love working with the kids, but it's not, that's not my passion. And it's, um it's not what I'm really passionate. It's not what I'm passionate about. Right, you right. know what I mean? Like I'm passionate. It's kind of hard to explain. It's like, my LLC, my my the J crystals or the enrichment Academy, I am working with children. I am teaching. I am doing my passion, but to do it in the school system, that's not my passion because I, it's it's just, my hands are tied. It's too much red tape. It's too much other stuff. Yeah,
1: I get it. Um,
2: it's. It gets overwhelming.
1: Like. I don't I'm not required to work, but whatever my schedule time is, but because I need to get other things done. Three or four days out of the week, I'm working 10, 12, 14, 16 hours. Um. It's 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 a lot. I can do it. It's a lot. And I don't complain because I know I'm going to have that one day out of the week that I ain't got to do nothing. I ain't got go nowhere. So a lot of my behind the scenes work that I need to get done, I can actually get it done and take my time doing it. My problem is I take too much time when i have that free time but when with doing it like that i tend to not make so many unwarranted errors um i get messages from people all the time yeah um i don't think this message was sent for me yes it was i'm trying to do three things at once and i'm sleepy and tired but i ain't ready to go to bed because i got deadlines Um. So, I mean, it is what it is. If I had, if I I was an octopus, I'd be good. If I had an assistant, I'd be good. If I had everything that I had before COVID, I would be good. But it's a stepping stone, you know. You got to crawl before you can walk. You got to walk before you can run. You got to run before you can leap. So, it's trials and tribulations have have run deep in in my neighborhood. Um, I'm finally grounded again, to where I can I can I can start doing things again. I can spread my wings, figuratively speaking. Um. So, you know, take it one day at a time. Pray to the man upstairs and he'll continue to bless me and guide me. And that's all I can do. And that's where I got to leave it, leave everything. Um, You know, it's, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So let me, you know, I don't, I've been on this thing. I'm reading this book called Your Purpose is Calling. And I know you're working in your purpose and everything, but I think you would love the book. You got to check it out. It's called The Pur- your Purpose is Calling. But um, it. say it again. Text it to me. I will. I definitely will. I think you will like it. But let me ask you something. Can I ask you something? Can I interview you for a second? That's <laughs> a, pre, a pre-interview a pre to my podcast interview. You can
1: flip to switch and, and interview me.
0: <laughs> why, you know, a lot of people, um, I think what I'm running, and maybe it's just the people in my circle, the people that I'm running A lot of people are really trying to understand their purpose, why they're here on this earth, trying to walk into their calling and things like that. And I see that you're doing it, you know, you're doing what you know that God has called you to do. Can you share with me and others the like a lot of people think it's, it's easy, you know, when you walk in purpose, it's easy. It is no challenges, but it's it, but you face trials. You face difficulties. What is that like for you? What is the challenges? What are the challenges like for you that even though, you know, this is your purpose and this is your calling, there are still challenges that you face. Do you sometimes get discouraged at times when walking into that calling? I get discouraged a lot
1: because I want. I want to be able to do this. I want to be successful with doing what I'm doing. I want people to stop making excuses. Stop telling that story. Quite frankly, stop lying and BSing just say you don't want to be bothered because you don't care um you know i got so many people that say oh i love what you do that's funny because actions are, are louder than words how do you love I do. oh i support what you do no you don't because you've never you've never shown support
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. volunteer you what you're throwing away you could probably donate if you Any man or woman can look in their closet and if they could say, like me, if I have something in my closet and I ain't worn it in six months, there's a good chance I'm not going to wear it. I can donate that. I throw it away. Someone's trash is someone else's treasure. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom came out one day. Um, within the first couple years of of starting my foundation, and she says, wow, you have a lot of volunteers. And I looked around and I said, wait. She says all the people. I said, mom, those are homeless people. Mm. She said, they look really nice. Yeah. You donate clothes. I donate clothes. And four or five other people donate clothes, and guess what? You got a couple trash bags of clothes that now the homeless can, if they like it and they want it and it's their size, they can they can have it. So we don't ask people to go shopping. If you do, by all means, that's on you. You know, what I mean, it's 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 a tax write off. Um. The only thing I've ever asked people to go buy is socks or undergarments, underwear for men, women, kids, um, because hand-me-downs? No.
0: Right. That ain't <laughs> disgusting. That's,
1: that's that's nasty.
0: Yeah, this is very nasty.
1: So I, mean, no. um,
0: so, I mean... No. So, I guess I asked that question because I don't think people you know Finally, it's
1: it's a headache it, yeah. you know before covid we were getting all the donations uh financially we had the financial support the financial backing we don't have that right now not to say people don't send in donations but before covid we were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in in donations so we could go to walmart and get all the little toiletries and hygiene products and feminine products, spending three, four, five, six hundred dollars like it's nothing every week for Baltimore and DC. Um, I'm going to the grocery store every week and spending five, six hundred dollars in the military commissary, and that five, six hundred dollars is in, in there is well over a thousand dollars on outside. Like I went mm. to. I went to Safeway Sunday. I woke up late, still had to go to the store. alarm didn't go off. Don't know why. Um, so I was literally running behind three hours. I ended up being an hour and a half late for the for the for the event. Um, I apologized to everyone. Everyone was cool. And we ended up staying an extra hour and a half to make up that hour and a half. um It was never discussed. I think people just figured, "Hey, you know, until a certain time, I can stay late." So it was cool that we were able to do that. Um, I'm not normally late, at least not that late um but the the financial burden is is overwhelming um so that's where my discouragement comes from um you know you got people oh i want to invest in you stop saying it and do it
0: yeah yes it's a um it's a or it's a down here in one of the stores um in pond city market um there's a store that sells like local you know local products from local people like you know, um like clothing and stuff like that, people in the area. And on they have this big sign that says support is a verb. It is. And I
2: love um
1: you know to 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 book shorty. You and I both know shorty does not come cheap. Um I'm not gonna say on here what my fee is because my fee ain't going to be someone else's fee. Right, but at the end of the day, he's not cheap. He's reasonable for everything that he does, but it's a service. If right. you want and you want real good service, you got to pay for it. Right. Um, DJs, not all DJs are going to do something for free. You know, they're they're going to give you a minor fee. So you know, uh, we've been very lucky with with having the partnership with with the with the Masons, with um, Falcon Lodge Number Six and Eagle Lodge Number Eight for God, five six years now. Um, we've we've met so many people over the years. That's how me and you met. Um uh that's how I met Naomi who is is the person that got me into the radio podcast um I think I was not just through the calling, I think I was pushed into this about twenty more um Yes, everyone. That's my mom. Um, um, like, I owe a lot to one person outside of God. Um, I don't think I tell him enough, but he knows I mean well. And that's a guy named Derek Chase. Mm.
2: Um,
1: he taught me a lot. He taught me a lot about promotions. He taught me a lot about um, organizing. He taught me a lot about hosting. So I think that's why, when I was given the opportunity to come to Be Exposed Radio, I think I, I jumped at it because I was ready for another purpose. Um, I've known Derek for God. Uh, eight, nine, eight, nine years, maybe 10. Um, I've learned so much from him and and I'm grateful. I can't thank him enough because if I wasn't doing all this, what purpose would I have besides going to work and, and raising my kid? Um, I wish I would have done a lot of different things differently in, um,
2: in life.
1: Um, but I mean, everything in life is, is, is a purpose. Everything in life is something that you take from so you can learn. Um,
2: Yeah.
1: Doing 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 what I do, I try to never complain. Because at the end of the day it can be a whole lot worse. Right. And in there. You know, it's it's no secret. Not everyone knows, but it's no secret because I've said it on here and other radio shows. I went through homelessness. Um, I didn't lose everything. I didn't make bad choices in life. Shit just happened. Um so i was literally slaving away at work working 70 hours a week because i had a 560 565 565 a week bill that i had to pay every week um at the time i didn't uh, other than my my management and a couple coworkers there might be four or five people in my circle that knew what what I was going through and what I was dealing with. My family knew. My kids knew. Um,
2: But I had no life. Like, I was
1: burning myself out. I literally went to work and I came home. Like, I remember one week Oh, no, two weeks. I literally worked almost open to close every day for 13 days.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Because I had this bill. If I don't pay it, I'm out in the street. So that wasn't an option. Going out was not an option. Socializing was not an option. If you want me, this is what I need you to do. And those those two or three real friends, they did that. So God is good. God, God puts people certain people in your in your circle for a reason.
2: hmm
1: yeah. My business partner came to me with a proposal, and I was like, How can I say no? I'm getting out this hotel you You're automatically saving me four to five hundred dollars a week. Um, I don't like where I live, but it is what it is. It serves a purpose. Um, it's It's not the best, it's not the greatest, but it's feasible. it's livable it's a roof over my head. You know what I mean? My rent ain't nowhere near what it used to be. I mean, you might as well say I was paying rent for a mansion.
2: Mm.
1: You know what I mean? I mean, I was, I was paying almost, I was paying almost 25.50 a month. Wow. I still had transportation to, to deal with, to go back and forth to work. Um, So I've been through some things. I got some stories that I don't share with a lot of people. But somewhere, somehow, I I end up spilling it on here. And it is what it is because everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you should always be able to share your story. Because it might help somebody in their situation that they're going through. Right. Right. I miss you in Baltimore. Say it again. I miss you in Baltimore.
2: Oh, I miss y'all too.
0: <laughs> yes, I do. Well, it's I, I was called down here, so I, I needed to do what I got to do down here. Be able to take it and do something with it back home in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, I, I can't wait to see you open that. What did you say you want to open? I
0: wanted a community center, community resource center.
1: You know where you want to do it? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to tell me? No. <laughs> not supposed to, You're not supposed to spill everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to keep that one. I, th- I want to take one of those old dilapidated buildings in Baltimore and turn it into a community resource center. I don't know how it's gonna happen or when it's gonna happen, but one day it's going to happen, day. yeah, you know I was listening to this um who was it i was i I listen to a lot of podcasts um what I do is um, you know one thing my pastor tells me which I love he said people take they spend so much money on themselves that they don't spend enough money on within investing in themselves you know um and w- when you think about it it's like you know people walking around with all this ex- and you see it in baltimore a lot with this expensive this and expensive that and it's like how much are you with you know all that money that you're putting on you you should be taking that money and putting it in you so anyway i said i'll just say I um I do a lot to invest in my personal growth and development. And so um, um I listen to like certain podcasts that keep me like I'm I'm big on leadership. So I listen to podcasts that's about leadership, you know, um, like Andy Stanley and um John Maxwell, Pastor Darius Daniels. Like I listen to their podcasts because they get, that it's a a substance. So speaking of Andy Stanley, um, one of these that, so now I forgot what I was going to say right in the middle. (laughs) I forgot. But anyway, my purpose, uh, what I was just trying to say is just every, you know, we have to be careful of how much we put on ourselves and look at much of how much we investing in ourselves. It was something I was going to say about, I can't believe I forgot. That's how you know I'm getting old.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm, getting old then I'm really getting old because I do that. Oh
0: my gosh. But it was something that Andy Stanley said that, um, it was something that Andy Stanley said that was very, I'm powerful, very powerful, and he's a leadership podcaster, um, very well known. And he, it was just something he said about. Um, um, remind me, what were we? What was? Where, where, where did I started off at first? <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: But anyway, we, I, I. I. You know what? I'll think about it when I go to bed. But. We do. Th- I'm serious. I would. But I mean, if anything, if anybody could take from what I said, trying to lead up to what I was trying to say, is that it's very important for us to really do more than just put money on ourselves, but actually find ways to invest in in who we are. You know, um, doing better, finding our purpose, defiling, devel- developing our talents, <laughs> developing our gifts, you know, Things like that, right? So I right, figure right. it out eventually. I figure out. Watch right before we get off. I'm like, oh, wait a minute! I knew what I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's a, uh, it's a lot.
2: It definitely is, but I mean,
1: this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So, so when am I coming on your show?
0: Well, and my producer is gonna be gone for the next two weeks. So I'm a, I'm going to call him tonight, find out a date, and I'll text you the um, the date. So you're gonna share. So you're gonna share your story about anything dealing with mental health.
1: Um, sure.
0: Cause that's the platform.
1: Mental health. Say it again. We all got a little bit of mental health issues.
0: Okay. It's not issues. It's not issues, it's your blessing. It's what you use to to be to be to help others.
1: I'm helpful sometimes. Yeah. I can be rude other times. You
0: what other times?
1: I can be rude other times.
0: I mean, hey, we all Mm -hmm. have our days.
1: Let that bear come out the cage though.
0: We all have our days. And um, it's okay.
1: It's gonna be all right because I got God on my side. I don't Amen. Know um, I was gonna ask you a question. See, we get old. <laughs> don't laugh at me. I'm old and I got feelings.
0: And I cannot believe I in the middle of me talking, I said, wait a minute, where was I going with this? So I'm mad now because I, I I know it was profound.
1: yes Yes. oh let me ask you this Mm -hmm. i I can tell you what you were talking about you were talking about leadership and what your pastor had told you that's our producer right there. (laughs) oh
0: okay leadership and then what my pastor has told me about leadership Now, and I forgot what I was going to say about, but, oh, let me show you some things I've learned about leadership. Well, maybe if I start talking about leadership, then I'll remember what my pastor says about leadership. But um, um, one of the things I've learned, um, and it's difficult, is um, that leadership is a responsibility and not a reward. That's one of the things that I've learned as as it relates to going into leadership. Um, It's um, John Maxwell teaches that you know, if you are basically leadership is serving, you know, serving others. And so I feel like when you're in that position of walking in your calling and walking in your blessing and things like that, um, if you're not, not, I mean, walking in your purpose, if you're not realizing that it is a responsibility and that you need to you know, it's not going to be a fun thing. It's not going to always be a fun thing. It's not going to be an easy thing, but this is what you were called to do. This is what you were purposed to do. This is what you were walking in. You know, God, you know, um, one of the things my pastor says, when you, when you, when you, um, if you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you're, you're, you're going to abuse it. And so if you don't, once you don't, if you don't understand the purpose of why you're here, you know, you may misuse yourself. You may misuse the gifts that God has given you, misuse the talents that God has given you. And so when I sit and look at you and some of the things that you're doing in the community, and then when I think of others that's in the community doing things, you know, using our gifts, our talents, our resources, and things like that, we have to be careful and remember that this is a responsibility that we are responsible for carrying out our purpose in the earth on what God has called us to do, you know? And so that's what I remember a lot about leadership. But it was something else about leadership that I wanted to say. And I'm I'm so mad. I wish I could remember it. Maybe I have to come back on here the next time and I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> it, it it was leading to um. From what your pastor said and then you said it was about the podcast um adam um
0: andy stanley yeah but i can't remember like i've literally thrown a I've drawn a blank i like i'm gonna have to sit i'm one of the people i'm gonna have to sit and really like be quiet for a minute and then it'll come back to it me. Popping your head. <laughs> yes it'll come back to me but i would say that um good you know anybody that is going into leadership that wants to do anything in the, as it relates to leadership should check out, um, John Maxwell, um, his books, he has a book called the 21 irrefutable laws of irrefutable laws of leadership. Um, I really invest when I tell you, I invest in, you know, um, learning about those things that you know, l- learning about. I invest in myself. I'm serious about it. I have so many books by John Maxwell, and you know, um, it, it's not even funny. Um, Andy Stanley, listening to his podcast as, as well. I just think that you know, one of the things I would love for people in Baltimore City that I've, you know, the people that I've helped in Baltimore City, and the the population that I was helping, I would love to see them invest more in themselves by doing. And it doesn't take that much. You know, once you start investing a little bit by just starting off reading, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it would grow and you would get, and eventually you'll get to the funding where you can invest more into yourself. You know, um, I just, just that's that's one of my hopes that for Baltimore City is that, uh, that's one of the things that would bother me when I, before I left, I was just seeing so much of the hopelessness. And then I was just seeing just people just, Like giving up you know and then when it comes to people like you and I who are passionate about what we're doing it the weight is so heavy and you get tired and burnt out sometimes you know what I mean and so um, I just would love for people to just really start investing in themselves just It it doesn't take that much. You can go to the library and get some of these books for free. free. (laughs) You know, just invest in yourself, invest in your mind, do something to to better yourself, you know. Um, You know, I'm not saying, I don't want to say the whole thing and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps because what if you don't have the bootstraps to pull yourself up from, but start somewhere, you know. Um, And that was the thing that was just like, uh, for me, what was a little bit depressing for me when I was leaving Baltimore is just, you know, you there's so there are so many resources in Baltimore. There's there, there are so many resources. The sad part is, you know, a lot of the underserved communities either don't know about it because it's not enough information going out about these things, or some of it is that people are just not taking advantage of it because. Um, when I had my non- when I was up there with my nonprofit, one of the things I liked doing was connecting the underserved population to resources in the community because they didn't know about some of these resources that are listed um, that were um, available in the community. And so it's just you know I just that's my passion really in life. Like I said, my 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 whole purpose and calling is to my actual I have what was called a personal calling statement. And everything that I do is centered around this personal calling statement. If it does not align to my personal calling statement, I don't, I don't do it because it's a waste of my time. You know what I mean? Um, even when it comes to those that um, I associate myself with, if you're, if, if it's not, you know, aligning to my purpose, if it's distracting, because I look at sometimes. Sometimes the enemy will send distractions in various forms to take you off of your purpose. But my purpose calling statement is to invest in the underserved so that they will acquire the skills, responsibilities, the skills, responsibilities, and opportunities to be all God intended for them to be. That is the population that I'm talking about. You know, I'm focusing on the underserved, whether it be the homeless population you know so like when i went and helped with you when i volunteered with you in some of your events it aligned to my purpose because it i was serving i was investing in the homeless population by uh, contributing something you know what i mean that will help them in some way shape or form you know but i wanted to do more with my nonprofit i wanted to do a, i wanted to do go beyond that and actually put instill skills, you know, show, show, um, you know, invest in helping them to invest in themselves. So like we would do things like have financial literacy workshops, you know, um, helping women that had dealt with domestic violence or intimate partner abuse, you know, how to get out of those that, those situations safely, wow. you know, things like that. And so, I mean, I, I, I feel you. It's like, I really feel you um, and the reason why I mentioned leadership and hopefully it'll come back to me, the reason why I mentioned leadership is because that's what you're doing and 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 what, what you're doing is leadership and what comes with it is responsibility. And it's a lot. It's a lot. And people, I don't think people do that sometimes. They look, they may sit back and look and be like, oh, you're doing all these wonderful things of blah blah blah, like <laughs> You know when you're doing these things, it, it, it comes at a price. It, you know, but if I was, you know, as the word says, you Well, I don't know if that is in the word, but I know it. I've heard people say, "Too much is given, much is required." You know, um, yeah. You know, I guess I rambled on enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's 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 like dealing with. Dealing with the community as a whole. So, I mean, that's that's everything. That's every walk of life of people. Um, I never thought I'd get in, involved with um, domestic issues. And we had left Dave & Buster's at of Mills one night. And we stopped by the gas station. Okay. It's midnight. What is this woman doing out here with three little girls? And she just looks lost and confused. And I, you know, you at a gas
2: station, you're you're panhandling. I'm a mom, a business.
1: Maybe you're not panhandling. Maybe you're waiting on a ride. Maybe you're maybe your car broke down and you called somebody, called a tow truck, whatever. So as I'm in the store looking for something to drink, I'm thinking about this woman. Like, nah, not on my watch. I gotta ask because this this is what my foundation is about. Mm-hmm. So, no matter what your situation, is. so if there's anything I can do, I'ma do it. And and I told I told my homeboy, I was like, yo, you got me. He was like, What's up? I said, the woman outside with three girls, she got me. He said, What's up? What what, what are we getting ready to do? I said, Well, I guess we ain't going to Fridays yet. And, you know, I went out there and I talked to her, introduced myself, told her what I do. And I was like, are you okay? Because you don't look okay. And mm. so, you know, she was like, I gotta get, I gotta get a ride out of town. Is that whatever? My mind is my boyfriends at work, and I don't have no cell phone. I don't have no money. I got two bags for me and my girls, and I and I walked out. And I said, walked out of what? She said, I walked out of my situation of seven years of hell. And at the time, I think her daughters were like, oh God, don't quote me, because this was this, it's been every better two and a half years, I think maybe let's see this is two thousand two two thousand one. It's been over two years, but to make a long story short, this woman was estranged from her family in North Carolina was led to believe they were moving to the midwest but they moved to Baltimore um um, she'd never worked. Girls weren't allowed to go outside and play. She mm. was with no one. Like this man had her under his control, under his spell. Like this woman had no skill of nothing, and um, she was like, you know, this at whatever the third. I've been, I've been communicating with my cousin. So I was like, "Well, I need to talk to your cousin because we we about to get you some help." So, um, me, and my homeboy, I, I I contacted a couple people, and they was like, "Send me your Cash App, send me your PayPal." You know, I'm gonna send you something. Let's get this woman and her girls up off the street. Let's get her in a hotel or something. Make sure they got some food, some, 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 something to drink, something. Right. So I took her to a hotel that I know everybody. I know the management. I know the chef. I mm-hmm. know the Um, I know the the cleaning staff and the 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 front desk people. And I was like, this that would have been the third, blah, 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 dah da, 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 bare minimum three days. I don't care if she stays here three days, but we need bare minimum three days because we're trying to help this woman reconnect with her family that's out of state. But again, to make a long story short, you know, hotels don't care as long as you don't uh, trash yeah. the rooms for. Can care less. Um. So, I uh, over the course of of that moment and the next morning um i talked to a handful of people a handful of people sent me money and we were able to to get this woman um i think she was in a hotel for 2 days got her her food for 2 days her girls um got her 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 one way bus tickets for all all four of them um to a destination out of state and we were in communications with her cousin for I'ma say the better part of four months, like mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. And you know, when 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 you when you're in that type of situation for so long, what if he finds a way to get in contact with you? Mm. And he, or he can possibly say to trigger something in you and you're like okay if you come get me i'll come back home so that was our biggest fear like at the end of the day it ain't about you it's about your girls right Those girls that are suffering as well probably right. you mentally you're dealing with all the physical abuse and mental abuse, but your kids are suffering from the mental That's abuse. Right. That's and, right. You know, they're gonna grow up and this is gonna follow them. So like you have to get them in into some professional type of counseling. You gotta get them enrolled in school once you get down there and get situated. Mm-hmm. She had a close knit family and They all came together and and, you know, look, it's one day at a time and that's all we can do. Right. But girls were doing good. They were in school, they were in counseling. She she had picked up a part time job and her family was like, She's good. You know, if she wanted to talk to me, she did, but I don't need to talk to you. I need to know how you're doing because you're no longer in hour format you know right right i,
0: mean? right.
1: so, I talked to her cousin i've talked to her probably four times in the last year year and a half i've talked to her cousin probably seven eight times so i mean we're still in, in communications um but you know they're they're they have their good days they have their bad days um you know seven years is a long time for her Mm-hmm. So
0: to be in that situation, prayerfully things are getting better for.
1: And, and let's be real that's that's not a situation. That's a spell.
0: Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. I, mean, I had a cousin that was in a situation like that, and the only way she escaped it was that he died in a car accident. And that's um. That was the only way she could not escape it. She tried, and to this day, she still uh she has some type of still, still have some type of emotional connection to it she she st- still doesn't see it as it being a unhealthy and toxic situation right you know and it's sad
1: it's okay to not be okay it's okay to ask for help we all ask for help every now and then. I'm good. Give me a hug. That'll help me brighten up my day. Um, so mm. before I come out here and be like, what are y'all doing? Uh it's almost nine o'clock. We gotta mm. cut this. We gotta cut this show. We might have okay. Miss Letitia. I appreciate you. I love you. I look forward to coming on your show sometime soon. I look forward to having you back. Sometime after the holidays. Okay.
2: And
1: hopefully, you can make it to Chicago for that that uh, Women's Empowerment Summit. Yes. That would be fabulous. Shout Thank out to for having that. A, a, a bigger shout out to her for taking it home. Gives me a reason to go to Chicago. It's going <laughs> to be <winter. laughs> It is what it is. Don't buy, don't don't wear a coat out here. Wear your coat out here, but when you get out there, buy a coat out there so you won't be so cold. Right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Skyline Ray I'm Ray say Skyline Foundation. This is Skyline Radio Show on the for B Exposed Radio. I thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, again, shout out to Miss Letitia Higgs, originally from Baltimore. Doing things uh, her way down in the in the hot ATL. We will see you next week right here on Skyline Radio Show on Be Exposed Radio. Peace and blessings.